Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog. Thanks for joining us once again. I do have another Q&A and a question from Roger today. He's an avid listener and he's always reports back to me with his thoughts about different episodes. So, Roger, I appreciate all of your support and your feedback. I'm going to read out a little something that he sent he through to me on Instagram. So, here it goes. And I'm not the best at reading out loud. So, if I bore you, I'm sorry, but I'll do my best. Not sure if this has been mentioned before, as I'm still a few months behind on some of the episodes. Knowing that a quality relationship with your dog will change you, hopefully for the better. How do you get friends or new owners on board with training to supercharge that transformation? Knowing how my dogs have changed my life for the better, I want the same for others, knowing that time is limited and precious. I find talking to talking people out of getting dogs more than into dogs because I don't see them having an enhanced quality but it is a journey they need to experience to appreciate and grow. Knowing that in the past I've fallen short or have been undeserving of the dog I had at the time and how much better an active, engaged life can be. How do you convince others other than through being a role model? Well, I guess that was going to be my first one, Roger, was be the best role model that you can be. So if you want to engage and encourage others, then the best thing to do is walk the life, walk the journey and and be a good example of that. So, of course, you know, for example, I just cruised up this morning, took my son for a walk with the dogs and went to the coffee shop, got my dogs into a sit stay, went inside, did my thing, had a chat with a couple of people. A few dogs walked past, they didn't even break position. We get up, we walk off. People comment, people like, oh my God, such a cool dog. I'm not always saying, hey, I'm a dog trainer and always advertising myself. I like to be low-key from time to time and just be and just be a father walking my son with my dogs. But when people do ask, oh, my gosh, you know, your dogs look so good. I wish my dog can be like that. I can't make people do it, but hopefully I can encourage and motivate them. So that's number one, and I think that's the, basically the only thing you can do. But when people do come to you for questions and advice, the best thing to do is You've got to know the person, you've got to know the dog, and you've got to know both what is what is it that they want from the dog because and of course what is the type of dog they have? Do they have a, a six year old Cavoodle? Do they have a three month old German Shepherd puppy? Do they have um, a rescue dog that has issues? So everyone is in a different situation and it's hard to compare your situation to other people's because everyone's different. In terms of Understand the things that we do know, for example, if you listen to the podcast and go through lots of different topics and concepts, is that there's there's so much to know about dog training. And one thing that could happen for either new people that are coming into industry or people that haven't that don't have a an open mind, let's just say, is that they say it has to be this way. Oh no, it has to be that way. No, I, I, this is how I taught my dog and this is how I have my relationship with my dogs and this is my structure. And, and you have to be open. You have to really understand the psychology of each individual person as much as you can. And knowing their dog 
means that you need to know what it is that what is it that that dog specifically needs. Some people they like, for example, there's a family friend who has a a little puppy, little golden retriever puppy, and has had for some time now, and I haven't had to give much advice or much guidance, even though they've asked me from time to time, but they've never really followed through. Is that listening to the podcast? You know, there's so many different avenues of, of research and and people can look up so many things on YouTube. So there's no real excuse not to get your dog trained, but I guess there's some dogs that are easier. Some people don't do any training. Like when I had Rocky, my Kelpie, when I was younger, I was 18. I didn't even know a dog trainer existed, but there was something more natural to the way that... Now, I'm not saying I did everything perfect, but but Rocky was a good dog If he, and Rocky's the one here behind me on, on in the picture there. But you know, and obviously he did change my life and he did transform my life in many ways. And, but nobody taught me that. Nobody showed me that. So I guess sometimes we need to trust in the universe, so to speak, in terms of you can't, you can't, you can lead, um, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink it sort of thing. So when people do ask for advice or when they do give, they do want your perspective, I think the best thing to do is find what it is that they're actually looking for and what is it that your dog specifically changed in your life. So um, I'm really motivated if you haven't noticed already that I do love the relationship and the communication, the connection that we have with our dogs. Um, I'm passionate about dog training, but I'm really into how is it that the dog can influence us and, and that's something that is out of our hands. So the best way to motivate people is to be that beacon of light so they can find you and then to hopefully follow through and if we can inspire others um see the difference between inspiration and motivation is that motivation comes from external sources you you you're motivated when you're when you're at the gym with your training buddies but when you go to the gym on your own you don't feel like you have the same sort of flow and intensity and that's because you're expecting something outside of you to influence you and the same with our dogs too right you can motivate the dog but we want to teach a dog how to be motivated by the game by the engagement so I guess, and it was, and we had a bit of a conversation, me and Roger, and talking about like how important that critical period of development is between our seven and 17 weeks. And that can make all the difference between, between your dog's life being optimal and the best and to having issues that may, may take some time to be, to fix or to manage them. So it's hard to judge. It, I can't say, like there's so many of my friends, and this is, this is really important. Let's talk about this is that I have heaps of friends that have dogs. And when I'm at their house, I'm not a dog trainer. I'm just appreciating their dog as if I'm just another visitor. And you and you really do got to bite your tongue from time to time. And same thing with being a parent, right? You know, um, I've noticed there, there's potential awkward conversations that can happen all the time. Like, oh, my God, I wish my son ate as all the variety of food that your son does or I wish he slept two hours during the day. Like, I could give the advice, but... I don't know how consistent they are with anything or I don't know how their child um, reacts to certain stimulus. So same thing with the dog is that I can be there and they can ask me the question, but I really don't enjoy training my friends. Like unless they're really into it and they've, and they've showed an interest, like listen to quite a few episodes and they've been watching the videos and they're like, Hey, look, I've been trying this. And I'm like, Ooh, you're ready for the next step. So I re- to answer your question, I don't really try to motivate anybody to do anything. And I know what you mean about talking people out of dogs and talking them into dogs. Like I had another friend, um, and I love him dearly and we're, and we're still very good friends. And he told me 
out of nowhere, oh, I want to get, was it an Akita? Or did you want to get a Vigila? Or did you want to get a, it's like, there were so many different breeds that he liked the look of. And I, and I just told him, look, bro, you struggle already at the moment running your two businesses. You struggle already with home life and balance with the girlfriend and, and all these different variables in your life. You're not ready for the dog, in my opinion. And I don't want to, ha- and I told him straight up, I don't want to have to see you get a dog and eight months time find that it's not working for you or someone tells you, hey, man, why do you have a dog in your small ass apartment and not giving him the time that it needs? So, so there I had to talk him out of it. And there's other people that they're getting a dog and they're getting a dog regardless of what I say. So I don't, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer. I really don't want to be the guy that says, don't do it, man, because I don't know what it's going to be like. There's, there's neighbors in my street that get a dog and they don't. So one of my neighbors have employed me. We've done some training and, and they're doing really well. Um, with their Samoid, but then there's other neighbors that haven't really done much in terms of training, even though I showed them what to do, but their dog thrives in their household. They, they complement each other. The dog's happy. The people are happy. And you don't have to be trained and you don't have to know so much in-depth knowledge. Actually, sometimes the, it can be a curse knowing too much because we overwhelm ourselves individually. We become too, um, caught up in the, in the technicalities of training. And the problem with that means that we, we can overwhelm ourselves and we overwhelm other people. And, but there is a problem. I do think that there are lots and lots of dogs being bought currently. And hopefully that the intentions of every individual owner is, is, um, is good. <laughs> he has, has, has the right and people are taking on the right responsibility and, and understanding what it is. So we're stemming off the, um, the episode, you know, um, why do you have a dog? I think is what we called it. And what is it that dogs do in our life and, and why do we have them? And it's a valid question, but I guess you can only really ask that question once you've had a dog or two or a few dogs in your life. And as you've mentioned as well, Roger, is that you've had a few dogs in your life and you realize how much you screw that up. But the point is, is that you don't know, you know, the value of training, you know, the value of this information and these concepts of what the research that you're doing because you lacked it in the past. So it's really hard to play God, so to speak, to say that you're not ready, you're ready, because it really does come to the individual because you don't know how they can grow from it. Like I remember when back to Rocky, I was walking him up the street. Again, I was like an 18, 19-year-old kid um, walking my dog and a lady come up around a corner and said, oh my gosh, your dog's amazing. You should be a dog trainer. I'm like, I don't even know. What are you talking about? I didn't know dog trainers existed. My, I did not have any concept of any of this. So, it, and I'm not saying that I'm a pinnacle of anything and up on a pedestal, but I know a little bit more than I did 10 years ago. So, you know, it's an interesting journey that I've been on and to take that away from somebody else may not be correct. Now, of course, there are some people that you, like, for example, one of that friend example that I gave that, Hey, bro, I don't think you should get a dog because I know him so well. Um, but for example, other friends that have a dogs and, and things are working well. Now, look, they may not have the best trained dogs and their dogs may not walk the best loose lead and they don't come everywhere with them because they are annoying and they don't have a good recall. So they don't let them have the freedom that, that they could have. So it's all about, well, that's your journey. This is my journey. I know what I'm doing. And if you want to, be motivated by be encouraged by it, hang around me a little bit more with my dogs and, and show that initiative. And if they do show the initiative, then they're open to being told what to do. But the worst thing to do is to be telling people what to do without them asking. And that's really, really important. So I used to, back in the day when, so there was one lady, <laughs> talking stories today, right? 
um, I was up in the park and this is when I was really new in, in the game and I worked at the shelter um, local to us and there was a lady walking a dog, older lady with her big American staffy and she was bashing the dog, like so frustrated, so angry. She was smacking him on the head and kicking him and I thought that was really concerning. So I went up to her fully politely and I'm like, oh, excuse me, like, you know, it seems like you're struggling a little bit. I would really love to help you walk your dog without the without the um, the um drama and I was to give her a card and she fully told me off, like, how dare you? I've got great control of my dog. Leave me alone. And, and I only, and at the time I was triggered by it and I, and I was really upset that she had to say that. But what's, um, what's even more important is that who the hell am I to tell somebody that they need help? And, um, and that's true, you know, and I think now, like my father the other day said, Oh yeah, they need a card. Go give them a card. I go, they need nothing. They need to do the research themselves. And if they ask me, then we can tell them how I can help them. But I'm never telling anybody what to do because that's just annoying. No one wants to hang out with me. And if I do appreciate my friends and my family or even strangers for that matter or my neighbors, then the, the point is that let them let them ask the question, then we can help them. You were mentioning about a questionnaire and that could be a great thing. And there's another topic that I want to um, cover a little bit more in detail on the podcast is about how to choose a dog specifically for you. What are the things to look for and what sort of breeds are going to be tailored to your relate, um, to your lifestyle and things like that. Um, so having a questionnaire can be really good, but make it, we really want to educate people to make the decision for themselves. You know, that Jesus quote about you can, you can give somebody a fish today or you can teach them a fish today and they can, and they can fish for themselves the rest of their life. You know, obviously I butchered that, but my point is, is that we want to do more of that and, you asking the question is that, well, we put the effort and the energy into the podcast so we can educate people. We can bring more attention to us so that we can then further um, encourage them. There's only a certain amount you can do by listening to theory. There's only a certain amount you can do by watching video content. And then the real work is about getting the work done in person in the flesh. So then, of course, when people call me and then I can go to them. So today's my first day back in two weeks of having a time off over the Christmas, New Year's and, um, and my birthday. So it was nice um, to do that. And I'm really fresh getting back into it. So I'm going to feel even better getting back to these people rather than getting burnt out as well. Side note there. But, um, but it's important that we be the best version of ourselves so we can really motivate and influence people. And also another thing is that don't think that – We've got all the answers, you know, because there's so many times where owners teach me things about, about dogs. And, and that's really cool. And I think that's a really, really most exciting thing about my day when I can be like, wow, I never saw that technique before. I'm like, oh, you did that when, and that really worked. And then I can employ it into another situation when I'm helping somebody else. I could be really handy as well. So I guess the best thing to do is that realize that you are a student um, of life, that we are a teacher of dogs. And, and more importantly, motivating the motivators, the, the human beings handling the dogs. But to, um, to fully make somebody do something, I, I don't, I don't think is going to work. If I can continue here, as I go agree, because we had a bit of a chat about things. Um, like, and so in his questionnaire, he was saying, like, how many dogs have you had? Where were you at? Were you there at the end? Did any of your dogs have medical issues? How did you handle them? Then I realized basically you would have failed my own. He would have failed his own questionnaire at various times of his life and, and exactly what we we're saying. You know, knowing more about the critical period now and other windows of opportunity can be shut off and then affect the dog's future. You know, and, um, and then we have a very, a very long one here that I'm not going to read, but 
you know, I think overwhelming it, overthinking it can can be too much for some people. There's some people that go, hey, I just want my dog to stop pulling on the lead. Like you're telling me about relationship and communication and structure. And I'm like, well, those things are important. But if I overwhelm you with it and get started to get pissed off with you, it's, it's not going to really help. So it's important to acknowledge baby steps and let people be hungry for the information rather than trying to fix every single dog. Let's just focus on the dogs that can be fixed by the energy and the and the mindset of, of the of the individual owning the dog. And I think that's the most important thing. Speak their language, use the best analogies and baby steps. Give them as much as they can. Now there's some people that it can be harder as well when people have seen five different trainers, they listen to every different dog training podcast, they're all over it, but they're doing too much stuff. Then they're confusing themselves and the dog has no idea what's going on. So it goes both extremes. People that do nothing, people that do everything, and both can be a problem. I think the best way to be is try to make it effortless in a way. Just like martial arts, the more pressure you put on yourself, don't put more, don't put so much intensity and, 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 um, resistance towards somebody who's grappling you more than what they're putting into you because that's where it becomes uneven. Where, where we start to burn out physically in that moment. And there's so many times where I've been at, um, practicing BJJ and I'm just muscling my way through and I'm burning out two minutes into the five minute rolling where it should be more about working around what's coming your way. And I think that goes in terms of everything that we do is that the, wherever there, what is that? Whatever resists persists. So there may be, it take, may take, you know, a client of yours six months until they start to see something happening, sometimes in six days. So it really does. And of course, it really does depend on the dog. You know, some people have the wrong dog for their house and you have to have that, that really hard conversation about is this dog, um, is this dog suited for your lifestyle? Number one. If not, what are you willing to change? What are you willing to do to make it work? Because there, are, there, there is a reason why we have dogs and hopefully they're not a selfish reason. Hopefully the reason is that we want to enjoy the most of it. And just what we spoke about in episode previous about what dogs have taught me in the 2020 is that you, I've got to, I had to really realize that we're not here to accumulate dogs. We're here to appreciate our dogs and we're here to find the, the love that we have for them rather than um, pushing through and going the next one, the next one, the next one. So um, we want to try to give as much good, relevant advice to people when they're ready for it, because they may not be ready for it today. They may be ready for it next year. Um, they may, some people would really need to see rock bottom for them to start making changes as well. They really need to see that the dog lunge towards that, that bike for them to be like, no, today we're changing because it's triggered me enough. You know, where if I could see it accumulate, I'm like, mm, there's a bit of a problem starting to manifest here. And you can see that the dog's body language changes when the bike goes past, for example. And I'm like, he's going to lunge at a bike one day. No, 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 he hasn't so far, this and that. I'm like, okay. And then a few weeks later, hey, you were right. This is what happened. What should we do? So I can say, I told you so. What's wrong with you? Or we can go, look, I saw this happening. And that's why I gave you this technique at the time, practicing the name game, more focus and engagement to you knowing how to use the leash, knowing when to put pressure on, when to release pressure and when to reward, being clear with the dog and also being consistent, doing those things in the background. So everything that we teach has to have multifaceted um, um, reasons why we practice the technique in the first place so that we can set it up for the next thing, especially if you are somebody that can see a problem starting to accumulate, starting to surface and, um, and if you're that skilled, if you can read dog's body language, if you can feel it, and if you can see how each individual handles the lead and, and interacts and communicates with the dog, 
then we can be setting it up in the background. You know, for example, when you're around a master or a sensei or some form of teacher or a music teacher and they and you're learning, let's say we'll go with music and you're learning the scales and you mess it up. So then your teacher goes, hey, let's go back and fix it. And even though it has no rhythm, let's just say, um, I'm not very musically inclined, but let's just say there's no rhythm within the piece that they're, they're practicing, but we want to fix that one transition between one note to the next note. If we, the teacher looks at these little micro, little variations that we can fix within the student, we can say, perfect, great. Even though the other student can be listening going, that's not perfect, that's not great, but it is for that individual student. So that next time when that student comes back into class and they practice and they do this over and over again, we can start to see that we're putting the pieces of the puzzle together. So really, it's not really about telling everybody all of the information. If anything, that could be too overwhelming. And I have freaked out my clients in the past by going too much into detail. Um, they don't care about the quadrants. They don't care about the tech, the terminology and the technicality. They just want pragmatic examples of what they can do. If somebody has come to you in terms of advice of what should I do if I want to get this dog, then... Get them, like be a true, like what does a psychologist do? Psychologists don't generally tell people what to do. They ask the questions and the people come up with the, the resolutions themselves or ways of, of the process to be, to be done. So we all do have the answers. We all do have the potential hidden there somewhere. We need to find it and then bring it out. And there's a bit of a craft and art in itself, but I really do believe that's important. Now, if you were someone just working with dogs in the dog kennel, training dogs specifically and not and have not much to do with the the owner side of things and that's different um and you can judge um, a dog or judge a person's situation from that distance but not very clearly you got to be really right in the midst of it and sometimes being in their actual home meeting their family and that could really help as well so there's there's no real 100 percent answer to this I, I don't know if i've rambled on too long but i think it's a really valid question and I hope I've answered your question, Roger. Um, thanks heaps for all your feedback because you are giving me constant feedback. And um, and I can really tell people that are really passionate and motivated by the journey of training dogs. So I really do appreciate you so much um, and everyone else out there um, doing the same. Um, as um, Any questions, please, I want to unpack it. And we want to get into as much pragmatic sort of advice that we can give, you know. So until then... Thank you for listening to another episode of Life With Your Dog. Please um, please hit us up for any questions. You know, um, it's been a bit of a quiet time over the last couple of weeks. You know, obviously lots of festivities and other other dramas that have been happening in the world. So um, stay positive, stay clear, 2021 now. So it's um, time to get on with it. And today's my first day back, so I'm so happy that I could record this morning so I can get back into real dog training and instead of sitting on my ass and enjoying it too much, where to get back to work and stay driven. So discipline equals freedom. Remember that. And um, be nice to your friends. Be nice to your do- um, fellow dog owners. Be nice to your clients because um, you don't know what they're going through either. So until next time, much love and be well. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to another show of Life With Your Dog. Please like, rate and share if you're enjoying our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. For all dog training videos, tips and techniques, visit nooches Thank you and stay tuned for next time.